0: All right. Good evening and all praise of God for all of you. Come on, let's give God a great big hand clap of praise as we thank God again for his goodness and his grace for all that he has done. If the Lord's been good, come on, let's just thank him one more time. Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it we're thankful to God again for all of you that are with us on this evening to those of you that are streaming live with us. We are excited to have you with us on today. We'll give you a couple uh, of our announcements here very shortly. Just want to open up with a word of prayer. And as we open up with a word of prayer, uh, we'll then have the ministry music and then we'll be ready uh, to take care of uh, some business uh, that we need to take care of and then we'll be ready to get into our study on today. Amen. 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 I Roscoe's going to help us with that music back there. Amen. All right. Um, let's open up with a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for being God and God all by yourself. You blessed us abundantly above all we could ever think or imagine. We come now, Father, asking again that you would bless this time uh, together today, that as we study and learn and strategize and discuss, that you would be with us, uh, that you would open our eyes to see that what you would have us to know that when we leave this place, we won't leave the same way we came, but that we'll leave more empowered uh, to do what you've called us to do. Bless this church in a mighty way. Bless the members likewise as we give thee praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Alright, so a couple quick things uh, before we start the music. Uh, let's pray for the Brooks family. Uh, many of you may remember uh, Brother Stanley uh, Brooks who was a member here um, uh Again, I understand that he passed away suddenly on last Thursday, Um, and so we ask you to pray for him. Many of you may know him and may not know him. He was a white gentleman that always sat on this end here, Um, passed away on last Thursday or Friday, so we ask you to pray for him. We don't know any details. We have not made connection with the family. As far as we know right now, he could already have been buried. We don't know. Uh, Yes, Brother Ernie. Right. Yeah, we yeah, we heard that that he that he passed out there and that's where he passed away. So let's continue to pray for him. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for the ministry. I cannot echo that enough. Let's pray for the ministry. Uh, Everybody know what this sign is here. Handicap. All right. What is this? What is this again? Oh, handicap. Okay. All right. So how many of you have one of these in your car? Okay, and the reason why I'm asking I just want to make sure that you are aware number one that the spots in the front are for handicapped right on the side of the building and right on this side of for handicapped so if you don't have one uh, please don't park there we want to respect those that are disabled um, and so we want to make sure that that's available now if we need to add more spots we will um, again to accommodate you but if you do not have one Uh, And our Ministry of Defense is aware, they will be asking people to move your vehicles because we want to give respect and honor to those that are disabled. That's the purpose of it, so I want to make sure that people follow that. So even on days when there isn't a program going on here and your ministry is meeting, don't park there because we want to honor it. Amen to myself. We want to honor the spots, whether there are handicapped people, there are not. So if you're not handicapped, do not park in those spots, all right? We might have to make you do like 10 push-ups or something, just 10 or 11 push-ups, all right? So again, we thank God for all of you uh, with us. Now, at this time, we're going to have the ministry of music, and we're going to be ready to roll up our sleeves and get some work done. Everybody got the handout? Everybody get a hand out? Y'all got a hand out? Everybody? Y'all got it? All right, just one. Who, who doesn't have it? Okay, uh, bro Brooks, that's ten dollars. Okay, all right. I know you got me covered. All right, all right.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody! Oh, come on, praise the Lord, everybody! Hallelujah! Let's set the atmosphere. Simple song. Simply says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Simply says this: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving i'll be a living sanctuary for you come on try with me lord prepare me to be a saint to be a sanctuary pure and holy pure and holy Tried and true, and with thanks and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's all it is. Come on, Lord, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you come on say it again Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary true, pure and holy that's it y'all tried and true and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you now this time I need you to sing it I need you to make it personal unto God in this place can anybody do that on today can you have a one on one with God right here if you gotta close your eyes if you gotta stand up if you gotta clap your hands whatever you need to do I want you to help me set this atmosphere I want you to be pure and holy when you sing it to him so can you help me do that on today somebody shout glory come on Lord prepare Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary Pure and holy Tried and true And with thanksgiving I'll be a living Sanctuary For you Next part of assembly says this right here Yes Yes
0: said, Lord, use me. And that's the question that we have to ask you on today. Do you want God to use you? I think I heard it from about three or four of you, but that question needs to be asked, Lord, do you want, or, or do you want to be used by God today? Amen. You're in the right place. We are starting a new series today based on the theme for the year equipping God's people to build God's kingdom you know one of the things that we'll do on Sunday we did it two weeks ago but we'll do it again this upcoming Sunday because you recall that the first Sunday of the month we did the installation of officers and what we did is had every officer come up and take a piece of the puzzle and the impression that we tried to send just like we'll do Sunday is that it doesn't matter how beautiful the picture is with all the pieces it's just a picture And what am I saying to you? That without you, without your input, your skill set, your prayers, your praise, your service, your amens, whatever you do, this picture will never be complete. And that's the thing we have to understand. God has called all of us to partner with him. And in order to do that, we've got to do our part. And so if you will, just look at the person next to you, the left or right, say, neighbor, I need you to do your part. Say, neighbor, I'm going to do mine, but I need you to do your part. Amen. You know, it's always a challenge when a faithful few do 90% of the work. Shouldn't be that way in the church. Not when the Lord has been good to you. Not when you say he woke you up and started you on your way and gave you your health and strength. No matter how hard I've worked on that job, I knew I had the strength there because of the God that I serve. And so Bible study is so critical. I used to have a deacon said, it is the breakfast of champions. Because literally it is. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I trust that you're here to learn, to glean, to explore, to be challenged, uh, to start thinking, to have those aha moments. Because That's the purpose. The purpose is to examine God's word. If we want to please God, we got to know God. And today we're going to begin to peel back some of the layers of what it means to be equipped. And that's the part that I want us to get as we move forward. As a ministry striving for excellence, I need you to understand that excellence cannot be achieved unless everyone here does their part. All right. So come on, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get into this. Again, you can see kind of the outline on the beginning. Jump over to what says uh, page 2. It's literally page 1. But I want to use, this is what we call the backdrop scripture that we'll be referring to, preaching on, talking about in our fifth Sunday lectures as we go forward. I want to use this uh, to get us prepared tonight. Ephesians chapter number 4. I want to start with verse number 2. And I want to read down through verse number 16 and so you've got it on your outline so just indulge me for a minute as a read it says without with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering and forbearing one another in love that's what God is equipping us for learning how to deal with one another in love I'll deal with that later listen at what he says in this verse endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace what is God telling us that As much as we can, each one of us is obligated to do what we can to keep peace in our environment. I'll talk about that at a later date. He said, there's one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace, I love this verse, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. My grace is different than your grace. Your gifting is different than my gifting. All right. So when you see somebody who appears to have more or doing more than you, it doesn't mean that God loves them any different. It just means that God has gifted them and given them a measure of grace that he has not given you. Now, I'm a firm believer that if we just learn to savor and thank God for the grace we have, you will have enough to be happy by itself. Amen to myself. If you learn to thank God, let me ask you, how many times has God blessed you today? (laughs) I mean, I'm just asking you a question. So, so then the second question, if I could follow up here, is then what makes you look at what they got when you haven't even counted the blessings that you got for today? I, I mean, it's just very practical for us to understand. Instead of looking at them and how blessed they are, don't forget you can move your hands. Don't forget you can wiggle your fingers. Don't forget you can still hear and see and got medication and all the other things. You know, if you were to count the blessings that you got today alone, you got enough to thank God for another year or two or three or four or five or six. Maybe even for a lifetime. All right. So then it goes a step further and says right around verse number eight. It says, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Jesus gave the gifts. Gifts are not something you can go to a church or an apostle or a bishop or a presiding elder or pastor or preacher and they give you the gift. They don't have that that authority. The gifts come from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost determines what your spiritual gift is. You do not get a spiritual gift until you have made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. That's what distinguishes us from the world. There are several things that you get when you get saved. One is eternal life. Two, the deposit of the Holy Ghost. Three, you get a spiritual gift. Not in that order, all at the same time. All right. So here Jesus is saying that he gave gifts. Watch this. Uh, And gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it but he that descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up above, far above from above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Now, here's the piece we're going to try to start working at today. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give them? It's right there in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why does it, why, why? are we doing that? Verse 13 says, till we all come into the unity of faith. Our job is to train you to teach and preach and prepare you until we all come into the unity of faith. It's a lifetime job because it never ends. All of us don't have faith on the same level. So preaching and teaching is it will never run out of business because we still got to build individuals faith and your faith cannot be built when you don't show up in this arena to have it built. Okay, it cannot be built faith coming by hearing and hearing by what the word of God. So how can you get that if you never hear and so it's, it's imperative for us to be. Now watch when it goes a step further and says, uh, in verse uh, 13, it says, till we all come to unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why do we need that? Verse 14 makes it very clear that we henceforth be no more children. So part of equipping us is so that we can grow up. Part of the equipping is so that we can grow up. Now, you need to say, but Reverend, I'm grown. You might be grown physically. But it's a whole group of us that's still babies in Christ. Why do you think we still got a lot of mess in the church? Because we got a lot of babies in the church. We got people in the church holding leadership roles, not talking to people over an issue that happened 20 years ago. And I'm not just talking about this church. If we're going to be very transparent and honest, it's in every church. You serving and say you love the Lord, but you ain't speaking to Sister So-and-so. See how quiet y'all just got there? Y'all had an issue over who was going to serve the food or who was going to usher 20 years ago, and you still mad today. Come on now. He said, look at now that we henceforth be no more children. Come on, just kind of look on the side. Just kind of do this and say, grow up. Come on, just look around. Just say, grow up. Now yeah, you ain't looking at nobody. You just, you just looked around. So can't nobody say you just look directly at them. All right? He said, look, that we be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Every time some church comes, people leave. Well, you know, they got it jumping over there. But it's what they jump into the Bible. Because a lot of stuff you find out it ain't nothing but smoke and mirrors. And you got to be very careful. You can go over there and food tastes good, but it'll give you spiritual indigestion. Right? Better be careful. You'll fool around and have the runnies when you get home. Because some stuff will come right, go right. Through. Matter of fact, you might not even be able to get home. You might just go to Okay, I'm going to leave y'all alone right now. Everything that tastes good or looks good or smells good is not good for you. So he says that they're carried away with every wind of doctrine, by the slay of men, by the craftiness, by the trickery of men. And trust me, there's some slicksters in the pulpit. But for every slickster in the pulpit, there's a slickster in the pews. Huh? Come on, let's be honest now. Jesus said, look, not everybody that call me Lord, Lord is going to heaven. What is he saying? It's some slicksters in the pulpit. It's some guys coming to church because they want them a Christian woman. They ain't say, but they want a Christian woman. It's some women coming for the same thing. Have people been played in this church? I, come on now. I mean, if we're going to be very honest. And so what he's saying is, he says, watch this now. He said, by the slay of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And then he says in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, they may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ Jesus. The hope is as we equip you that ultimately you will grow up and be all that God wants you to be. I cannot underscore this. You will never grow up when you never hear. When this is not a priority, and let me just be very transparent. It's amazing to me, and this is a pattern that most people have in church, that when it comes to the ministry and studying and everything, everything else takes a priority. Even in ministry, people that serve in ministry will put other things above making ministry meetings rather than come here. And that was before or that was after we already had a commitment for you to meet. Y'all got real quiet right there. When does God ever become number one? Is it only when your lights need to be paid? When you need some money or when the doctor tell you you got some health issues? God says, seek ye first matthew 6 and 33 the kingdom of god and his righteousness so what is god saying i need to be number one so when it comes to this ministry when we've got events and things going on nothing should take a priority over god's business i think i got three amens that time watch this so he says in verse 15 of speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is even christ from now watch this this is what's critical from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supply it. So what is God saying there, says Janelle? He's saying, I need you and you need me. We supply each other. Okay, we, we, got a, we got a wrist that's connected to an elbow and these other two bones in between. All right and then connected to a rotator cup and some other muscles and all that stuff, none of them can function without each other. Hezekiah Walker made this song a couple of years ago. He said, I need you, you need me. He said, we're all a part of God's, stand with me, agree with me. He said, it is his will that every need be supplied. He says, you are important to me. I need you to survive. It shouldn't just be deacons and mentoring ministries calling people when they're not here. If you know somebody's not here, why not you call? Them? And if somebody didn't call you, let's not try to repeat that on somebody else. Let's learn from the lesson and let's be better. Amen to myself again. All right, so watch this now. He goes step further and says, The whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It's amazing what we can all do when we work together as one. It's amazing. When we all have one purpose, and that is to give God the glory for everything that he's done. It's amazing what we can accomplish when we put our mind to it. It's amazing how many souls can be saved when we all speak in the same language. It's amazing that all of us can have a hallelujah time in Jesus when we all came for the same reason. Not to see your little Easter suit or not to see them shoes you got on, but to lift our hands and give some glory to God. It's amazing if we would all just come for the same purpose. Okay, so let's go through this. So equip means this because that's our job. Equip means to train. It means to arm. It means to prepare and to school. Okay, you never get too old to learn. All right, you never get too old to learn. You never get too old to be trained or to be retrained. You cannot be equipped if you will not if you will not make an appearance to be schooled or to learn. Perfecting means to be completely furnished. All right? So here's a quick question. How many of y'all know all, how many of y'all know all the scriptures in the Bible? Raise your hand. B, you don't know all the scriptures in the Bible. You know one of them. Just keep working. All right? But how many of y'all know all the scriptures? How many of you know at least 10 scriptures? Don't, Don't put your hand up. No, don't put your hand up. No, don't put your hand up. How many of you know 20 scriptures? Don't put your hand up. How many of you know five? That you can say 1 John chapter 1, verse number so-and-so. Now, let me back into this and say, how long you been in church? You have been in church how long? And you only know five? Or you only know 10? And you have been in church... So do you see why we got work to do? And that's why we're here now. Now, I get it that you read the Bible, uh, and congratulations. I didn't read the Bible too, but I don't remember everything in the Bible. And that's why the Bible says, study to show thyself approved, and upon thy law doth we meditate both day and night. Because the Bible says it's something that you've got to continue to work at day in and day out. How many of you ate today? Right. Do you think that's enough to, to, you know, keep you until like next year? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. And, and think about the analysis of what I'm saying. Some of us haven't read the Bible in a year. Some of us had not read the Bible in 30 days. And so if eating, if you got to eat every day physically, what about spiritually? All right. And as much as you eat, how many of you take medication? And how many of you realize that if you don't take that medication consistently, what's going to happen? Whatever is making your body be out of whack is going to begin to overpower you. So you religiously take that medication almost right at the same time every day. Why? Because you need continuity so that your body won't start acting. Well, what about some consistency with this? Come on, talk at me right there. And so that's what we're trying to do. I promise you this, that if all of us read the Bible every single day, I promise you this church would go from here to here just like that. Spiritually, numerically, financially, serving wise, school wise, you name it, this church would experience a complete transformation if you, 50 or 60 individuals here now, made your mind up, I'm gonna read every day. And I ain't talking about the other 150 of us. I'm saying if you, right here, right here, said, I'm gonna read the Bible every day. Now, there's a difference between reading and studying there's a difference all right we ain't trying to read 20 chapters to prove that we can read them meditate means just like you eat a piece of chicken you don't just take the chicken and suck it down your throat right I would hope that you don't you take the chicken and you take a chunk out of it and you chew on it all right savor it yes yeah yeah you know Bro Simmons is a guru on chicken now. He know. <laughs> shrimp chicken, barbecue chicken, uh, roast beef chicken. <laughs> I was trying to do like the guy on uh, Forrest Gump where he had a bubble gum shrimp, bubble gum shrimp and all that. Okay, anyway. All right. So here's some questions for you to ponder as we begin this study. All right. What would it look like, Dignor, for this ministry to operate one level higher than it is currently? What would we look like if we raised the bar in terms of how we serve God? What would this ministry look like? And what would be the impact in this community? And I'm trying to get you to think about that because that's literally where God is trying to take us now. All right? Here's number two. What will it take for this ministry to ultimately grow God's kingdom? And I need you to think about that I need you to think more than I'm showing up at church, uh, I'm going to do my part. I need you to think about that you are a key player to this church growing. Okay? Here's a question I ask consistently. I'll keep asking it because it needs to be asked. We are on the 18th day in the first month of the year of 2023. Correct? All right. How many people have you gotten saved in 18 days? To your credit. I didn't say invited to church. How many people have you saved in 18 days? Okay. So you see why we need to do what we're doing? Because the great commission has become the great omission in the church. The one thing that Jesus called us to do, we're not doing it. So guess what, church? We're being disobedient. Hello again to my own self. I know we don't like that D word, but it's for real. We're being disobedient. So how do we expect God to bless disobedience? If you won't reward your kids for disrespecting and dishonoring you, what makes you think our parent is going to do I'm trying to get us to think outside the box. I mean, we've got to start doing the math so we can figure out, okay, why are we moving? Why isn't the needle moving? Why are we doing other than what we're doing? Well, if we're going to do those things, we've got to be pulled out of our comfort zone and challenged to walk on water so we can do more than what we're doing. Because here's the phrase. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. Right? All right. And so you can't tell me that you're going to lose 10 pounds, but you ain't getting on a treadmill. You're not walking. You haven't stopped eating everything you eat. Nothing is going to change. Something's got to be done differently. And that's why God is calling you now to make a decision. I'm going to do more to grow the kingdom of God. All right. Here's another question for you to think about. It. All, right? All right. Listen at this. Are you still lacking spiritually in some or the same areas that you were lacking in last year, or in previous years, do you still got that lying problem? You still got that jealousy problem? How long? How, how's that working for you? Because what that then tells me is that you have not surrendered that to Jesus, and you've not gone to His Word for a solution to your problems. If you're still struggling in those areas, what have you done consistently and from a surrendering standpoint to give it over to Jesus? Because Jesus said, cast all your. your So if you've cast that care on Jesus, why are you still struggling with it? Here's another question for you. Has your growth been consistent? Or have you been stagnant? All right. Have you been inconsistent in terms of growth? One minute you grow, one minute you stagnant. One minute you into the church, next minute you ain't into the church. One minute you into the church and then we don't see you again until Easter when you got your little Easter suit on. I mean, how can you grow you're not being consistent? It's like with eating. If you don't eat, what happens? Well, some folks starve. Some people get cranky. Some people pass out, some people have hunger pains, all the others. Well, I'm saying if we're going to grow, you've got to make a commitment that I'm going to be consistent. Now, let me say it like this. Let me put it another way, Brother Omar. Um, If I said to you, every last one of you, if you attend class here for the next 30 days, I promise you, At the end of 30 days, you'll know how to make a billion dollars in the next 30 days. What do you think would happen? What what would happen? Sandy room. oh, you'd be here, right? Huh. And yet your daddy who owns a thousand cattle, cows on a thousand hills, your daddy who owns the heavens and the earth, who has made you a priest. We are kings and, and queens, but you haven't tapped into that because you won't read what he says you need in order to get those blessings. It's at your fingertips every day. And the only thing we do is move this from the car back to the bed. Move it from, uh, from the bed under the, under the bed. Right? And we move it from the bed into the kitchen. And we got company coming over. We take it and open it up to the 119 number psalm and put it on the table so when they come in, they can see the Bible is open. Your mind ain't open. Huh? And so the point I'm getting at is, you know, if we're going to grow, we got to do. Here's a question for you. And don't, can't nobody answer this but you. What stops you from fully surrendering to God and living in obedience to his word? Because he said to obey is better than sacrifice. I'm a firm believer in this. The reason why we are not uh, as blessed as God wants us to be is because we keep being disobedient to his word. I'm a firm believer in that. You cannot ever convince me that when I give to God, that God won't give back to me. There's no way you'll be able to tell me that. I've, I've had a history of it. I've seen it from my parents. I've seen it in my own personal life. I cannot beat God's giving. And God designed it that way. All God wants me to do is trust him with everything that I have, including me. And until God has you, he doesn't have your money. Amen Amen to myself. Where your heart is, until God has you, he does not have your money. And for the record, it's not yoing. It ain't yours. It's his. He just loaned it to you. Okay? All right, here's another one. Uh, Number six. So have you figured out a plan on how to overcome the challenges that keep you from growing? Have you figured out a strategy? Have you figured out something? And for the record, it doesn't matter if you go see Creflo (laughs) or Rod Parsley or T.D. Jakes or Ralph West. It doesn't matter who you go see. Until you surrender. Until you, listen, until you surrender, not your husband, not your wife, not your kids, until you make your mind, I got to give me to him. And until you do that, ain't nothing else going to... Okay, y'all got it. Have you figured out a way of being more consistent to God's will? Because God's will is his word, and his word is his will alright now somebody say but Reverend okay I hear you but you know I'm not very good at reading well that's why they got CD-ROMs that's why they got everything now technologically you don't have to read anything you can push a button and listen you do it for TV right I mean for real you do do it for TV don't you yeah Yeah, you do it for TV and so why not do it for God alright another question for you um Are you prepared to move beyond your comfort zone to draw closer to God? Now, these are questions nobody can answer but you. So don't look at your wife. Don't look at nobody else. It's a question only you can answer. Because until you make the commitment, nothing else is going to evolve and change in your life. Okay? So here's a word of caution, and I say this to everybody. If you're not ready to be honest with yourself, all right? transformation can't happen because your foundation is still shaky all right you cannot build on a shaky foundation it is not going to last see what jesus says in his text right underneath that uh, matthew chapter 7 verse 19 jesus says this and he's talking about fruit and being committed to him and he says this every tree that bringeth not good fruit is hewed down and cast in the fire then he says this wherefore by their what you shall what God has called us to be fruit inspectors so our job is to inspect your fruit or the lack thereof and trust me when you've been saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost there ought to be some fruit there's no way you can tell me you've been saved for 20 years and I don't see any fruit come on on. on now there's no way you can tell me you've been in a church for 15 years, but there are no disciples that have been brought into the ministry by you. There ought to be some fruit, and people ought to see it. Now watch this. I love this verse. Some of y'all may not like this games, but it say this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. There's a lot of folks that come to church, but they are still on their way to hell. Not everybody that comes to church is saved. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Not everyone that saith Lord, Lord. It's a lot of people out there that know the Bible, but they ain't living it. They've not had a conversion experience, which means to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. That's the conversion. Now that you've been converted, now let's start Growing. Growing means that I need to get in this word, feed myself, and start living what the Bible says. So if you got an ought against your brother and you've been in the church for 20 years, the Bible said, go to him. Well, Reverend, I didn't think that meant him. It meant him. He said, love ye one another. But Reverend, you just don't know what it did. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Jesus said, love everybody. You, you can't just pick people. Let me see. I'm just going to love my mama. I'm going to love brother and sister Schaefer. I'm going to love brother Omar. I'm going to love brother Dennis. I'm going to love uh, sister Celeste, maybe. Uh, I'm going to love some of y'all over here. I'm going to love her. just a bunch of y'all. Brother Ferguson, you know I got to love you. you my main man back there. All right. sis Pratt, I'm going to love you back there. Brother Aroar, I'm going to love you. The rest of y'all, I don't know. I, I ain't feeling it. Uh-uh. You can't just love who you want to love. Sister Arthur, the Bible says Sister, stand up for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't just say, I'm dying for black people. He said, I love it. I love the prostitute. I love the Klux Klan member. I love people in jail. I gave my life for everybody. He said, at least you could do with love everybody. You didn't have to die. I died. All right. So he tells us in this text, he says this. He says, verse 22, he says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied prophesied in your name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, Man, I don't know you. I never knew. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, here it is. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine, and do them I will liken unto a wise man. Which does what? He builds it on what? A on a rock. And in verse 25 it says, and the rain did what? The rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. Why? It had a solid foundation. What's your foundation? Here's here's another piece, what you need to see. Verse number 26. And every house, or everyone that hear these sayings of mine, rather, and do of not them shall be likened unto a what? Which did what? And the rain did what? Descended, and the floods came, same situation. All right? And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and what happened? Why did it fall? Because it did not have a solid foundation. When you know Jesus, despite the troubles you go through, you know in the end it's going to work out for your good. You know in the end that weeping may endure for a night, but joy, you know that. So I'm not going going to pieces because I got the prince of peace. And that's what we got to understand. So I believe this, that transparency is going to be critical to equipping and building. If you're not willing to admit, I'm struggling reading, I'm struggling understanding how to love people that have done me wrong. I'm struggling with my giving. I'm struggling with understanding serving and all these other things. If you're not willing to be honest with yourself, nobody can really help you. A doctor cannot prescribe the medicine unless he knows the problem. So God is saying to us, at the end of the day, we got to be transparent. I love this man in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27. I won't read them because you know this story. It's about the man that had the dumb spirit. Jesus is gone. He's had. He's having this meeting. He comes back and finds that his disciples are being confronted, not only by this man that had, whose son had a dumb spirit, but being confronted by religious leaders. Why? Because they could not exercise this demon out of this boy. This man had a dumb spirit that kept throwing him in fires, throwing him over cliffs, throwing him in water, throwing him over, you know, whatever. And this man, I love this man because this man says, I brought my son to your disciples, but they couldn't do nothing. But if you can, he said, well, hold up, pump the brakes, baby. You know who you're talking to. Well, he didn't really say it like that, but it was close to that. Just say if. And I like what I like what he says. He says all things are possible to him who believes. Now, here's what I like. He said, I believe, but then he says this, brother Henson. He says, help my unbelief. That's transparency. Man, I, I I believe, but I'm I'm kind of struggling a little bit. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm uh, yeah, I kind of do sort of yeah, but help my unbelief. And Jesus healed this man because this man was totally transparent. Y- y'all remember Peter when Peter walks on his water? Here comes Jesus. Everybody said it's a ghost. Jesus said, uh, Peter said, look, Jesus, if that's you, he said, tell me to come on now. Jesus said, come on. Come on, Cletus, come on. Well, he didn't say Cletus, but he almost said Cletus. He, he, come on, Cletus, come on. Almost said it. What I admire about Peter is Peter was bold enough to at least get out the boat. It's, 12 other, it's 11 other disciples and the only one that got out the boat was Peter. Walking on water. All right. But Peter's issue was that Peter could not stay focused. Some people say Peter had ADD because he couldn't pay attention. I didn't say that, but some people said that. Because the Bible says that when Peter got out there and started walking, he was all right. But then all of a sudden he started looking around and seeing the cloud and seeing the storm and everything. And the minute he took his eyes off Jesus, what happened? Is that not what happens in the church right now? That when we lose focus, that we begin to sink and stumble and lose everything? That's what he's telling us right now. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not your money. He the one that get Look, but my God shall supply all of my need. I ain't worried about that money. It, look, that's Jesus' responsibility to take care of me. Let me ask you a question. And y'all may not know this answer, but just pretend you know it. Now, notice I said pretend... That way, don't nobody accuse you of having what I'm about to ask you. Got this sister? Okay, so what's the purpose of a sugar daddy? I said pretend like you know. Give me some thoughts of what you think a sugar daddy does. He gives you money. What else? Pay your rent. What else? Make sure you got nice clothes. What else? He might bring some sugar. Yeah, probably some of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, his job is to make sure that all your needs are what? Is that not what David told us in the 23rd number song? The Lord is mine and I So one of the things that I've discovered is that God often has to expose us before we will admit our shortcomings. You can sit there and lie all you want. God will put you in a place where your lies get exposed. He's good at that. God will put you in a situation where you can no longer be as tough and gruff or appear to be that as you say. it's a bunch of folks out there talking a lot of yin-yang, but when they get down to it, they're about just as scared as everybody else is. My God can do this, and my God can do this. Okay, but when a little adversity blows in your life, how do you handle adversity? And sometimes God has to bust your bubble to let you know you're not all you say you are. That's what happened to Peter. Peter got out there and saw stuff, and Jesus said, O ye of little faith. faith." Because our faith is always on trial. Okay? Okay? So what has God equipped us for? I got a bunch of things I want to share, and I want you to know this is just a microcosm of the things that God has called us to do. Maybe you've never thought about them, but I need you to start seeing why it's important for you to get in gear to start understanding your purpose, understand why God has called you. I put just a couple of them in writing. I want you to see that this is bigger than what you can ever imagine. But you've never taken time to zero in and understand it. All right. So the first thing I put down is that God has called us to partner with Christ. God says, I want you to partner with my son to win souls for the kingdom. All right. Now, at the end of the day, and I want you to see it in scripture. Let me give you a scripture. Watch this. All right. First um, Corinthians uh, 9. Uh, three, uh, one and nine it says this God will do this for He is faithful to do what he says and he has invited who you to do what partnership with his son Jesus Christ our Lord God says I want now Jesus is our Lord he is our Savior but he is also our elder what our elder brother God says I want you to partner with him to build the kingdom. What an honor that is for God to choose a nobody, a reject like me, and put me on side of the king of kings and lord of lords, and let me work with him to build God's kingdom. I don't think you recognize the magnitude of that. All right, here's another. Watch this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. For we are laborers together with who? With God. Ye are God's husbandry, you are God's building. God, perfect, omniscience, omnipotent, omnipower, uh, God has all power. in his God says, I want you to work with me to build my kingdom. Yes. How phenomenal is that? Think about the, pre- but God said, I can't, you can't work with me if you won't learn nothing. I, I can't let you operate a $30 million plane if you've not been trained. I can't let you drive an airplane. I can't let you drive a car. If you don't know how to drive one. And you'll never understand and do that until you get trained. All right. Here's another one to think about. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. It says we then are what? Workers together with who? Beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. This is an act of grace that God has given us the privilege to work alongside him to build his kingdom. It's a privilege. And a lot of things about God we take for granted. I hope part of this will humble us and help us begin to recognize the magnitude of the calling that God has given us, all right? Not only is Christ our friend, he's the Lord of our lives, giving us the purpose for living. So here's another one. What's number two? Number two, down to bottom page number four. Do you recognize the magnitude of that? God has called you to be free. And I mean free from everything. Free from drugs. Free from alcohol. Free from bitterness. Free from chaos. Free from distress. Free from worry. God has called us to be free. But now freedom comes with some responsibility. Look on the next page. I want you to see Galatians 5.13. Cause this is where we get in trouble since we know we say we say well since I'm saved I can go out there and act like the world the devil is alive. no you can't watch what he says Galatians 5 13 you got it come on help me read it ready read it for you have been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters then he gives us a warning come on help me read it but don't use your freedom to do what go ahead say it Lord have mercy Instead, you should do what? Just because you cannot perish don't mean you should go out there and do what the world does. Now, if that's your preference, that makes me think maybe you're not saved at all. Hmm? God says don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but rather use it to do what? serve who that don't just mean one or two people alright now some of us got a problem with that already because all we major in is self serve right I'm only going to only serve myself how I want to be served and that's it everybody else I want y'all to serve me too everybody pat me on the back everybody tell me how good I am everybody tell me how young I am they ain't doing it but lying to you anyway you know that but if I'm going to stroke your ego so I can keep coming over here eating for free, i tell you whatever you want to hear. Huh? So watch this. We've been called to freedom. Freedom from sin and slavery. All right? We've been called to live freed from fear, oppression, and more than that, from being orphaned because God, uh, from God because of our sins. So God has called us to be uh, free to love him and serve him and to serve others and do good to them in love. We can now love God and others without fear or trying to be approved and appreciated by them because in Christ we're free. I don't care what you think about me because I'm free. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I'm free and so your opinion of me doesn't matter it's amazing to me how many of us even as Christians are in shackled, imprisoned by people's thoughts of us some people won't even serve in ministry because comments made by other people never let anybody stop you from serving God anybody I'm not serving for you, and if you got a problem with me, take that up with my daddy. Go and talk to him, and whatever he say is well with my soul. You got to get to that point. All right, here's another. Got to quit after this. Watch this. Number three. God has called us to do what? Mmm. God has called us to live. That's why you got to be equipped. All of these are things God has called us to become. You cannot be equipped to build a kingdom if you're not holy because he says it right in this verse. Watch this. 2 Timothy 1 and 9. For God saved us and has done what? All right. Now, we know he did this not because we deserved it, right? But because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Your grace is is tied to your righteousness it's connected alright and so here's another one for you Romans 12 and 1 I I beseech you therefore brethren by what the mercies of God to do what present your bodies as a and then he defines what that means when he says what holy what else acceptable unto God which is what? God said the least you could do is give me you. And make sure that your ho- God says acceptable to me. Not to the deacon board. Not to the mother's board. Not to the praise team. God says make sure you're living in such a way that it pleases me. Because when a man's ways please the Lord he makes his enemies be at peace with him see how all of this is connected and that's why we're trying to equip you to understand that when you give yourself to God the rest falls in line watch this verse right here all right nope, not this verse let me let me put it like this so so God saved us through Christ so that we may live a holy life one that is set apart for his pleasure God saved you because it pleased him it's not like God said, well, you know, I ain't got, I guess I'll save brother, I guess I'll save brother Harrison. I I guess I'll save brother Ernie. Uh, Yeah, maybe I'll save, uh, you know, uh, brother Brooks. I guess I'll save him because I ain't got, no, God saved you because it pleased him. God saw you sinking in sin and said, I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you the way to be saved. So how do you express that to God? Because you know that God rescued you. How how do you express that? Anybody? By becoming a sacrifice? What else? Being obedient? By praising him? By spending time in prayer with him? It'd be interesting to see what your conversation is like with Jesus. What do you talk to him about? Because is your conversation, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Nah, Lord. I mean, what's your conversation like? Is it, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I adore you. You, you, you reign supreme. There is none like you on the face of the earth. You, you know, you are, you are Jehovah Jireh. Is it, does any of that come out, or do you just get to the I need list? I mean, it's something for you to think about. Do do you ever thank God? You ever spend time thanking God? Because I think those are all critical parts that we need to understand. Can I give you number four and we'll quit there? So God has called us to be what? What is an ambassador? That represents Christ or does the president of the United States have ambassadors? He has an ambassador to every country on the face of the planet. And when he speaks, the ambassador, be it male or female, they have the full weight of the country. When they get off that plane, when they speak, they speak like it's the president there. Do you not see the implications to you? If you are God's ambassador, you have the strength of God. You have angels waiting to help you with whatever you need. You got all the money you want on the face of the planet. You got all the medicine that you need. Why? Because you are an ambassador of Christ. You have all the protection that you need as an ambassador. And we, I think we're underachieving. I think we're not even hitting the surface when it comes to the blessings that God has for us. So, part of my job as we equip you is to make sure you have access to those blessings. And the only way you're going to have access to those blessings is you got to make this a priority for you. Now, I'm not talking about no flim flam stuff, I'm not talking about money cometh and all this stuff there. See, you don't understand that peace is worth more than any money. Hmm? You don't understand that being able to go home to a house that's not chaotic is worth more than all the money in the world. See, it's about perspective. And see, what the world values, we don't value. Um, Usain Bolt, um, one of my favorite athletes of all time. You may know him, maybe you don't. Usain Bolt is considered the fastest human to ever run on the face of the planet in terms of short distances up to about a quarter or 200. He, he just lost 10 million dollars. That's what he was depending on to save him and that he could live off the rest of his life. What he did is he put it in the hands of some people that pretty much just stole from him. See, I'm not depending on man. And I'd like to have a retirement when I retire. But if ain't nothing in Social Security, my God, it's his responsibility. Amen. And what I've learned to do is taper my expectations based on the grace of God. If I got a piece of bread, I'm gonna be shouting. Because somebody don't have a piece of bread. Y- y'all not hearing me. If I got two fuses instead of 20, I'm gonna be shouting. Cause somebody don't have no two. Y'all not hearing me. If I got five medications, I'm going to take them and thank God because God supplied a way for me to be healthy. Y'all not hearing me. And that's part of building the kingdom. We got to have a kingdom mindset. Remember, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We got a lot of work to do. It's about equipping you until you can get these in your spirit. We cannot actually build the kingdom the way God wants us to build it. It has to start with commitment from you. Okay. Now, anything we have here, I'm willing to discuss. I'm willing to talk to you about it because I really need you to grow. This ministry is only as big as you. So if you've got a small mindset, guess what's going to happen to this church? I keep saying expansion for a reason. Because my mind is beyond this building. My mind is in a bigger building. But that'll never happen if we keep coming in and giving nickels and quarters. We got to see bigger than nickels and quarters. It's an investment. It'll never happen until we start winning souls. We need to reach it. You know, we had 179 people in church Sunday. 179. Okay? 179. Some of those were guests, but it reminds me of what we had pre pandemic, where we had 200 plus in service. I'm looking for us to get back there, but that won't happen until you do something. You gotta do something. Call some of the members that ain't coming, tell them they need to be here. If they can go to um, a Roadhouse, or Texas Roadhouse, if they can go to Target, If they can go to the social security building, if they can go to the VA to get their medication, you can come to church. You can go sit two hours in a movie with a hundred other people and not have a problem. Why you can't come to church? You can go get your oil change. You can go get a shot. You can go to dialysis. You can do all this, stuff, but you can't come to church. Come on now. It's time to stop being lazy and start being about the father's business. So here's your assignment. Call somebody. Call them. Say, hey, I need you to be in church with me Sunday. I want to see chairs in the aisles Sunday. It'll never happen unless you do your part. Now, I've laid it out there. It's up to you. Now, if it don't happen, say, well, the Reverend, I guess he just, no, you can't blame me. It's up to you now. If all 50 of y'all, 60 of y'all, brought one person, that's 120 right there. All you got to do is do your part. Now, I do want you to look at your neighbor. Now, come on, stand to your feet. Look at your neighbor now. Come on, just look at him and say, now do your part. Yeah, Tim, don't just sit there, do something. Amen. We touch and agree that it is so. All right, come on, let's pray. Eternal God our father, thank you again for this challenging uh, lesson on today uh, equipping God's people to build God's kingdom. What a privilege it is to represent you. You've given us the honor. You've empowered us with miracles and power to do the phenomenal. But father, we need to learn. And so we're here, we're hungry, we're thirsty for your word on today that it, may med- that it may resonate in our spirits, that we will leave here energized and on fire to do the things that you've called us to do. There are miracles waiting to be birthed in me, and I eagerly wait for you to use me as your vessel to transform lives, to build your kingdom, to represent you, to do the phenomenal, the unspeakable, because I trust you with all things. Grow this church spiritually, financially, and numerically. Send new souls to be saved this Sunday. Bring in a harvest that we can shout and give you the glory. And then, Father, as we close this uh, prayer, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you to bless everyone here. That whatever they stand in need of, peace, love, joy, financial blessings, uh, love um, in their home, whatever they stand in need of, supply that need as only you can do so now. Give us traveling grace as we dismiss from this place, but not your presence. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. 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 Look forward to seeing all of you on Sunday. Uh, Ministry of Defense, don't forget we meet uh, this weekend. Mentoring Ministry, don't forget we meet this weekend just as well. Staff, don't forget we meet also this weekend. God bless you